Welcome in, everyone, and thank you for listening to the 202nd ever episode of the Missouri Sports Podcast, brought to you by 106 Apparel and recording from the Revel Advertising Studio in beautiful Springfield, Missouri. I'm one of your hosts, Cameron Howard, alongside my good friend and fellow Mizzou fan, Kyle DeVries. How are you doing today, Kyle? I'm doing great, Cameron. How are you? I'm doing well. Do you want to share with us what's amusing you? Uh, literally right when you started your uh, delicious intro that you do so well every week, I just read something funny on my phone Okay, that popped up, and uh, it's not related to this podcast at all. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> and it has to do with uh, plumbing. Okay. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, who, whoever has yeah. having plumbing issues yeah. gets it figured we'll out. Send out the, our best wishes. Um, how you been? I'm so busy, man. You went on vacation. Yes, I did. Uh, I went to Virginia, and it was fine. It was just fine. Saw some family out there. Talked to a lot of people I don't really know. It was my wife's family, and mm. but it was nice. You meet some new people and see some sights, and spend a lot of time in the car. What was your favorite sight? Uh. That's a great question, actually. I don't know. I feel like there were some mountains in the distance. We didn't really, like, I don't know what, uh, maybe some smoke in the, the, the old uh, Smoky Mountains. Oh, sure. Driving through Tennessee. Well, oh, I'll tell you what the best site was. It was okay. definitely, uh, definitely seeing that Bucky's oh, really? in uh, Tennessee somewhere. That was, mm-hmm. that was a great experience. That was, We're getting one of those in Springfield. That was absolute insanity. Yeah, they're pretty crazy. Have you been one? Yeah. Been to one? In Texas, yeah. I think I think they're from Texas originally. Yeah, this one was pretty new, and like I couldn't even like walk anywhere. There's so many people. It was just like it was like, like high a, school walking. Like you can't <laughs> even see the floor. There's so many people or something like that. It's like the biggest gas station ever, and it's like a supermarket basically. Basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, they have like they're just making food right there and stuff. It's like a, a Bass Pro of convenience stores. Mm. So you got to go see a gas station. That's yeah. pretty cool. Yeah, that was the highlight of the trip for sure. Yeah. Um, well, uh, this week we, we're going to talk football recruiting. It's that time of year. It's a little bit slow. Missouri's had some misses. I think the fan base is getting a little anxious. So we're going to talk about that. What should be the reaction to the current state of affairs for the 2023 recruiting class? Uh, before we get to all of that, don't forget to subscribe on YouTube. If you haven't already, leave us a review on the podcast platform that you listen to us on. And, of course, you can support us directly through Patreon, patreon.com slash Pod. Uh, let's see. Before we do football, let's talk about a basketball commitment. Trent Pierce commits to Mizzou basketball. Uh, he's from Tulsa, Oklahoma, averaged 16 points, 11 rebounds as a junior this past season. Um, he's listed at 6'8 most places, but stuff I've been reading saying he's closer to 6'10". So somewhere between 6'10", 6'8", kind of a versatile forward, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, looks like he has an excellent shooting form, uh, can make a lot, making lots of threes at the high school level, uh, blocking shots. I would say maybe not the most athletic player you'll ever see, but he uh, can finish in transition and... Uh, make some moves in the lane to get a layup or a dunk. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's like top 100 player in the country, four-star player by almost every outlet. Uh, the 24-7 sports composite has him as 80th nationally. So that's actually a huge pickup for Dennis Gates. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <clears throat> this is uh, it's been fun, man. Like we've talked about just the total opposite 
in recruiting style from the previous um, basketball uh, coaching staff and which was honestly one of the biggest reasons why I was ready to move on from Conzo Martins because I missed this kind of stuff. I missed um, being interested in what the staff was doing or even basically even being aware of who the staff was watching or who they were paying attention to who they were offering and uh, so it's been a resurgence of that kind of stuff and it's been it's been so fun to follow. Uh, Missouri is back in contention with elite recruits they're trying really hard to be in those conversations and it's it's really fun to watch and uh trent pierce is just a to me just a prototypical example of um a high ceiling player he's um like you said he's not like insanely athletic but has the uh, ability to kind of maybe supersede uh some of those shortcomings with his length and his ability to step out and shoot and um, definitely the kind of player that I think is really important in the Dennis Gates offensive system too, in um, just being able to step out, stretch the floor, set picks, and I don't know. I'm I'm super excited, and it's a great start to the class. Yeah, so um, this was kind of like a quick turnaround. I think they had him on campus in June, and then like a month later, he's a commit. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a longer process, I think, with Anthony Robinson, the point guard that we already have for this class. But um, a three-star guard, four-star forward, both capable shot makers. I think their their shots will translate to the next level. Uh, it's a terrific start to the class. Yeah, which, it's, by it's, the way, uh, Anthony Robinson, real quick, he, uh, I, I think he is uh, – gonna be a lot better player than he probably looks like on paper right now and has performed really really well in some recent um performances uh in some different events they've been his team has been playing in the summer so he looks like an even better get than he did two months ago or whenever we landed him and pierce as well is playing against some really tough competition yeah um and looking good doing it i mean some really uh highly rated prospects he's going up against um it's still a super early, but the 24-7 sports rankings, Missouri is 11th in the country. Yeah, and that's probably under-ranking Anthony Robinson. Yeah, and number two in the SEC, behind only Kentucky so far. That's where we should be. Yeah. Um, it, it does remind me of, like, uh, that first, the, the Michael Porter Jr. recruiting class, when it was like, oh, this we actually are going to finish, like, top five in the country. Yeah. And... Uh, 24-7 sports has this little tool where you can like kind of play make-believe and like add players to the recruiting class and see what that does to your ranking and everything and I remember putting uh, what was his name Knox Kevin Knox yeah yeah, yeah. Kevin Knox because he came on the recruiting trip and everything and adding him to the class it it still we were still below uh, Kentucky and Duke we would have been like third in the country, even with another that's, five-star player. That's insane. Yeah. So I don't think the 11 ranking will stick, Probably but uh, it's it's a lot better than being not in the top. It's fun to think 10. about. Yeah. Um, still a long ways to go on that recruiting class for basketball, but it'll be interesting to see how many uh, freshmen they take or like, you know, traditional high school yeah. recruits they take. Yeah. It's like, um, you know, when you, if you looked at this team, you know, 10, 15 years ago, as far as like eligibility. And you're just like, well, 
hope you're good this year because you're you know losing a lot of experience and next year you're probably going to be super young but mm-hmm. obviously the transfer portals changed everything you can be relevant at any time at any year ever yeah but i still think they'll probably take what five high school players potentially i still think that's probably the preferred method of sustained success over time is um high school talent but i re- i don't know that's for sure though i mean they, it's very possible they could only take like three high school players if they feel like they want to mix in some experience in the in the yeah. portal or if they, and if they knew something about uh players returning for their covid year or something um I honestly, I'm super optimistic with recruiting for basketball. Yeah. Um, not a whole lot to go off of so far, but as soon as they announced um, CY Young, you know, yeah. as an assistant, I was like, this is huge. And I think it's going to, we're going to see basketball recruiting like we haven't seen in a little while. Yeah. I think I'm already impressed with the staff's like effort and interest in recruiting in general and just their ability like their eye for talent so far mm-hmm. I'm, I'm really impressed by their ability to just like kind of see beyond the rankings um use their connections and oh, yeah. their talent evaluation abilities to like find people has been awesome i'll be interested to see what missouri kids they make a priority over the next couple recruiting cycles i think 2023 is a little is not the best mm-hmm. for in-state unless you're talking about um what's it called in Branson yeah uh, Link Academy yeah Link Academy yeah which doesn't really count yeah I mean it kind of does it's counting for Arkansas they're making it a priority <laughs> yeah so you know I wouldn't mind seeing that happen with Mizzou but yeah. it's not like those guys necessarily have a connection to the state of Missouri no uh I think there's a pretty big 2025 recruit I can't remember his name that's maybe at Tolton Mm. I think Missouri's got the got the right guys in place to have a chance at landing him in a couple of years. Um, yeah, it's crazy that uh, there's like already there's like legitimately already 2025 offers going out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, all right, so switching gears to football. Um, actually, while we're on basketball, let's talk about uh, some of our listeners gave their top uh, their all time. Um, Mizzou basketball teams after we did that segment um, I've got one here uh, I'm just gonna call him man slaps on YouTube man slaps man slaps on YouTube he said uh, for coach he was going with Mike Anderson uh, but he thought it was kind of a toss-up between him and Quinn Snyder uh, he has his starting five point guard Clarence Gilbert shooting guard Denman uh, then Kareem Rush Damari Carroll and Arthur Johnson at the five and then the bench he has Stefan Hanna Ricky Paulding Linus Klaza and Kim English and he gave some clarification he said he picked Stefan Hanna over Pressy at the one uh, just because he liked his overall game better and thought if he hadn't uh, been dismissed from the team he would have had as good a career as Pressy potentially I know that makes you angry um, yeah, I'm, I mean, I, I kind of I didn't think about Stefan Hanna just because it like uh, our commenter here says it is a little bit more hypothetical, like right. what he could have been. Sure. But uh, I get it. Um, I was kind of reading something for a second there. Did you kind of explain what we're talking about for anyone that may not have caught? Uh, no. Week? So last week we gave our all time um, Mizzou basketball teams, including a coach. We did a starting five and then four bench spots mm-hmm. 
and so we asked for comments giving their uh their their all-time teams for sure i had a couple people say their team on twitter uh rob schaefer said uh flip and ratliff they were amazing together tiller denman and damari carroll so that's a pretty good team there he didn't list any bench spots um the Misery Index on Twitter um, said that his starting lineup would be Phil Pressey, Marcus Denman, Kareem Rush, Damari Carroll, Ricardo Ratliff, and then also lists... I think, was that, is that the same as mine? I think that's the same as my top five. I think five. that's your exact yeah. starting lineup, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, wow, that's a real connection there. Yeah. Um, then just then lists uh, Kim English, Michael Dixon Jr. Honestly, Michael Dixon Jr., if I could do it again... I might consider putting him in there somewhere. He's um, perfect for coming off the bench. Oh, yeah. I mean... Yeah, yeah, for sure. Uh, Lawrence Bowers, Ricky Paulding. He said Zara Taylor. I thought that was an interesting one. Uh, obviously, he's very famous for for the game-winning shot against Kansas. But, yeah, um, yeah let's see. He also said, oh, we're sleeping on the GOAT, Leo Lyons. So. Mm, potentially. Yeah, I don't know. He had a really good junior season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, yeah, I would, like, he was distantly considered for me maybe, yeah. but not seriously. Yeah. All right, I'll give one more. Um, it, at MU Scott on Twitter says, Keon Dooling, Kareem Rush, Ricky Paulding, Damari Carroll, Arthur Johnson, and his bench is uh, Linus Kaleza, Jabari Brown, Jordan Clarkson, Dimon English Bowers, all those guys, but also lists Jonte Porter. Mm, yeah. Who you who you said, so. Yeah. That's uh, a good one. That's a nice throwback uh you know going with kind of all yeah. older school starting five and that would be an excellent team mm-hmm. Man. it's fun to uh it's fun to think about the old days and obviously not very many guys listed from pre- from super recent years but that could change uh yeah t- uh one other person uh tim on facebook said or facebook on <laughs> 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 on, uh, what's his platform youtube uh he said <laughs> we're big on facebook you know <laughs> our facebook reach every once in a while whenever we say something controversial that's where we end up <laughs> that's true <laughs> um he said that we need to make these teams in nba 2k and play play each other that's a great idea <laughs> except t- we need some kind of unbiased like person to like rank the yes, players because the I, don't, in. I don't trust you to rank phil pressy <laughs> <laughs> he'll be in a 99 <laughs> overall uh, that would take so long. I've done that kind of stuff before, creating oh, yeah. Mizzou players in uh, in NBA 2K I specifically. It takes takes a long time, but didn't it's we do satisfying. a li- not is not Mizzou related? But didn't we do a literal like fantasy draft at when yeah. I, was, I was over at your house once? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Like did a whole season. Yeah, we just uh, yeah we did a fantasy draft, just like some people that were over at my house, and then we just simmed the entire season yeah. to see who won, to see whose team yeah. was the best. Yeah, I don't know why that kind of stuff's so fun. I think it's just like the perfect sports nerd type of thing. Getting to be the GM. Yeah. All right. Now we'll move on to football. And it's been all bad news lately. Uh, Caden Green committed to Oklahoma. So did. I I don't have his name in front of me. I think it's like Adeboree or something like that. Close enough. He committed to Oklahoma. Amir Herring committed to Michigan. And now we're doomed. Would you agree? No. Okay. Uh, we still have Miles McVeigh's commitment coming up in August. Not looking great. Uh, we still have Logan Reichert at some point. Looking great. Um, there's a few other, you know, four-star and three-star players uh, locally. And, you know, uh, 
Coach Drink and company have not been shy about reaching out to other states to get even four-star talent, which we'll get into the details on that. But what's your, before we get into kind of the big picture look, what's your quick reaction to these announcements not going Mizzou's way? Yeah, uh, it's it's been a little exhausting for sure. Just kind of like case after case. It's just like, well, that didn't go our way. Case IH Red Zone. Case IH Red Zone. Case Cook. And yeah, it's been it's been it's been kind of a bummer for sure. But uh, nothing like shocking though. You know, we kind of knew what was going to happen. Um, it's we're we're competing against the big boys here, man. Like that's that's a blessing and a curse. Like we've we've been better in the recruiting game. And we're throwing our hat in the ring, and this is just going to happen. And, you know, it's going to be really tough to be able to compete brand-wise in the recruiting game um, against some of these other teams until we can consistently um, get to where we want to be. And honestly, I think NIL makes things – I think it gives us a platform to stand on that we didn't have in the past, and we were probably not even close to being in contention for some of these guys if NIL is not a factor. So, um, I think there's an overall feeling of what's going on. And that's what I, that's the question I'm posing to us here. Um, what's going on with the 2023 class? Um, we're fresh off the best recruiting class in Mizzou football history, arguably, uh, the 2022 class got a five-star guy and, uh, it's kind of, it's going, it feels like if you're just comparing it to last year, it feels like we're going in the opposite direction. Yeah. However, what we've done is we've dug a little deeper and looked at the big picture a little bit more. And I think it's not as bad as it seems right now. Mm -hmm. Um, It definitely doesn't seem good at the moment, but I mean, right off the bat, uh, tell us about the four star players comparing, uh, Barry Odomera to Coach Drinkwitz so far. Yeah, I think it's uh, pretty easy to kind of feel like a prisoner of the moment. Of the moment, sometimes it's easy to kind of just get lost in what's happened um, here recently. And so I think I've said this before, but we're going to do a little exercise. You know, when in doubt, zoom out. Just kind of let's 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 uh, just kind of back away and look at what's happened in the last couple of years. And I think we're we're going to feel a little bit better about where we are um, than we probably do if we're just looking at the last few weeks. But um, so I'm going to take us through the, the uh, Barry Odom era as far as his recruiting classes. And I think that'll definitely make us feel better about where we are. So um, his first recruiting class was 2016. Uh, he landed three four star players. One of those was Nate Strong. Uh, in 2017, he, wanted, he landed one four star player. And that was Deron Davis, who I don't think ever made it to campus. No. 2018 there was two four-star players daniel parker jr and chad bailey probably the best two players that we're going to talk about in the barry odom era as far as like recruiting rankings uh in 2019 he landed one four-star player that was jelani williams and then in 2020 he landed zero um, because i'm counting ennis rakestraw as a eli drinkwitz recruit so that's seven four-star players in five recruiting classes that's pretty bad um, yeah, Rivals even has uh, Rake Straw as a three-star. Oh, does, really? By the okay, way. I'm yeah. surprised by that. Yeah, I actually, now that you mentioned that, I remember that. So, um, yeah, so we'll just completely throw Ennis Rake Straw out of the equation. <laughs> and Barry Odom has seven four-star players in five recruiting classes. Or better. 
or better or better that's thank you all right let's let's look at what uh mr eli drinkwitz has done in two and a half recruiting classes in 2023 we already have two four-star players brett norfleet jabari johnson in 2022 we had six four-star players and a five-star player you can probably think of who that is in 2021 we had five four-star players so in like i said in two and a half classes that's 13 four-star players and a five-star so 14 players four stars or better that's twice as many as barry odom in half the time and we have seven people committed in 2023 yeah yeah so like saying that's half a recruiting class it's not that's, even yeah exactly um that's insane and honestly if you this isn't even an attack on barry odom this is that's just missouri recruiting pretty much right. ever yeah i mean like go back a little bit further like uh, gary pinkle's last recruiting class yeah some of was, his last classes were terrible yeah 2015 was good drew lock and uh terry beckner uh but even the four-star players in that class Did some of them pan out. yeah um but yeah i mean it's it's important to think about the fact that the so like the best teams that we've had in quite a while like 2013 2014 those were products of the 2012 recruiting class mm. um that was ranked 31st in the country uh doriel evan bame marcus golden were some of the top guys in that class um 2011 class was ranked 48th i mean sheldon Rich- richardson was in that class so I don't know. I think it's it's definitely not worth uh, getting too worked up about right now because these in-state guys are going elsewhere. Yeah. Um, it's still frustrating to go to the recruiting sites and look at the players in the state of Missouri and see, you know, top guy went to Tennessee, next guy going to Oklahoma, next guy going to Oklahoma, and you have to go down a little ways before you see that Missouri Tiger logo next mm-hmm. to somebody's name. That's definitely frustrating. But... I think uh, we're just kind of coming back down to earth a little bit from the best recruiting class ever. And honestly, I I wonder how much of the relationships amongst the recruits themselves and the players we were going after just happened to fit, you know, so perfectly into the sales pitch and the players that were already on campus and some of that stuff. Right. I think, yeah, it's the high schools that they were coming from all of that is a factor right. into whether they come to mizzou or not yeah there's there's going to be variance in in outcomes of anything and that includes recruiting and that's just kind of where we are and um i mean and just to re- compare this to just kind of like think about missouri's on-field performance in the last couple of years like think about uh, and historically when missouri's been good basically one thing's always been true is they're relying on like experienced good recruiting classes that take three four years to develop because that's just the nature of college football in general usually those like freshmen aren't really making a huge difference usually unless they're outliers and i mean these are the kinds of players that we are relying on as you know third and fourth year players are guys like jelani williams um Daniel Parker Jr., who's no even is not even on the team anymore. Yeah. Chad Bailey, like 
I mean, not uh, no, nothing personal about against those guys, but these are like that's the caliber of players that are in their third, fourth seasons at Missouri right now, and it's just really hard to be superior um, or better than ex- expectation whenever you're depending on guys like that to be experienced leaders. Yeah, and they're just now coming into their own as players where they can kind of shoulder that load, and you know that's just a handful of guys mm-hmm. and that's I, you know you think about those like 2013 2014 teams and they had depth and experience in the trenches and they stayed healthy mm-hmm. on the offensive line especially and those guys took several years to make an impact yeah even some of the best players we've seen in missouri history yeah some of the best teams we've had those guys are not relevant for three years of being on campus mm-hmm. So, and uh, even with the misses that we've had, there are still players out there that we feel good about. So, Logan Reichert, we talked about him. He's a four-star offensive lineman. Um, Marvin Burks, uh, four-star safety. I I feel good about him. Just made a top five. uh, Seems like maybe Ole Miss is right there neck and neck uh texas a&m lurking as well that might be a situation where we want texas a&m to you know <laughs> land land some get their guy f- five-star texas player yeah um and uh you know there's joshua, joshua manning. manning yeah and uh those are just in-state guys that are four-star players that we haven't yet missed out on if you right. want to look at it pessimistically yeah and I, honestly I'm not even closing the book on Caden Green or Miles McVeigh until signing day. And I'm not like trying to predict a flip or anything <laughs> like that. Let me get that very straight. It's he's probably, you know, 90% going to Oklahoma, Caden Green. But I still think that door is open potentially. Um, we still have six plus months or something until signing day. And Miles McVeigh probably going to commit to Alabama in August. And I don't think that is over at all until, yeah. until he signs. So. I don't know. I'm trying to just keep an open mind on some of these guys. Um, Missouri's gonna, Missouri's gonna land some guys. You know, we're gonna we're better days are ahead. And there, w- there will be players that we haven't even really heard of yet that are from out of state. Mm-hmm. That and then maybe they're not four star guys. But um, I don't know. Yeah, I kind of cut you off there. Sorry. Nope, I was done. There's, uh, there's at this point, all we've had is bad news for a little bit. So it's totally understandable to kind of like be feeling sorry yeah. for the recruiting class right now for sure it's okay to be frustrated definitely but uh i think coach drink and the assistants and everybody that's doing the recruiting here has shown they're capable of getting guys and there's plenty of opportunity still uh to make this not i i don't even think it i think it can be right in line with uh 2021 yeah as far as like yeah, we have a all the fringe top 25, yeah. top 35 class. Yeah, I 100% agree. I'm super high on Brett Norfleet. Norfleet yeah. I, th- I mean, he literally just told Alabama, no thanks, I'm pretty sure. And uh, Jabari Johnson is seems really promising. Yeah. Like, there's there's a lot to be excited about. And we're kind of getting to the point and like on se- like on the field stuff, like in-season stuff, where some of these recruiting classes were inching closer to where – some of these classes that we've stacked are getting closer to like meaningful snaps and so yeah and uh one of our uh guys in the discord he's really good about uh reminding 
everyone and himself, I think more than anybody, about Gary Pinkle's first five years um, as the head coach. And like, it took a while. He had to establish himself, get the recruiting classes under his belt, develop the guys. And then it was like year five where he started to turn the corner and see yeah, big success on the field. And that's not to say we're gonna, you know, if the next two seasons go horribly wrong and they win four games, uh, or something like that. There's not going to be much leash for Coach Drinkwitz, but even with the recruiting successes, it's yeah. got to translate eventually. But he's, yeah, he's a young coach. I mean, he's still he he was a head coach for one year before yeah. he was a head coach in the SEC. Like right. he's going to have some some lessons learned and can maybe take a little bit of time to to figure out stuff. Yeah. So just uh, when you're looking at like when you're looking at the depth charts and when you're looking at uh, you know projections for who's going to play a lot of snaps look at how these this recruiting this best recruiting class ever they are just going to be freshmen most of them are not going to play right um they'll see the field more next year and then be really impact players the year after that yep so we're still a ways from this all coming together and that's super frustrating i mean it's really hard to think in like terms of like three years from now football recruiting class it's periods yes it's insane yes. it's like we prioritize at least the way it is for me is like i'm lasered in on these recruits and like oh i'm just like so in tune with what's going on with these recruiting battles and then we get these guys and then it's like three years later yeah they are like making plays on the field and you're like oh yeah i forgot we yeah. like they were part of a incredible recruiting class and finally they're getting to show it yeah that's that's it's the what's rewarding about recruiting and frustrating about it is like if you follow recruiting closely it's so fun and to see these guys and their whole process and um you know committing and showing up to campus and um you know rising up the depth chart and to find the finally you know see them scoring touchdowns or winning games it is so incredible to like yeah. just be able to see the big picture from start to finish like that but you know not everybody does that not everybody yeah. even gets that far right and um, it's almost like they have two separate career arcs yeah there's like their career as the prospect and that whole saga and then it basically resets once they get on campus yeah and you're starting over earning your spot you know waiting for your time um, and some guys are able to come in and demand playing time day one because they're that good. Uh, but it's very rare. Yeah. And um, especially when uh, there's a lot of talented young guys around them. Like yeah. there's everybody. I feel like, you know, everybody is talented at this level and you got to earn the spot. And I think that is a good thing to think about when you're looking at the transfers into the program. Um, you have to you have to buy yourself a little bit of time letting these younger guys develop um, and if Drink doesn't feel good about the juniors and seniors that are on the roster that he thinks need to be contributing and just aren't capable then the only thing he can do is try to bring in impact transfers or at least guys that are starting caliber 100%. I think that the transfers that we've added in the last recruiting class or two say so much more about 
the upperclassmen that are expected to be contributors on the roster than the young guys. Yeah. I don't think – I honestly don't really think those things have hardly anything in common at all. Like, mm-hmm. you know, a junior or, senior or graduate transfer player coming in to fill an immediate role has very little or nothing to do with the recruiting class coming in. And, um, yeah, those are def- those are the patch of leak that just yeah. that we just got to fill this one hole and, you know, get a get, get an immediate contributor. And I feel like a lot of our listeners know – this roster pretty well and just think about like um we're not bringing in grad transfer wide receivers you know right there's a reason for that mm-hmm. um we're bringing in grad or like transfer linebacker. offensive and defensive linemen and uh I'll, I'll, honestly a lot of defensive players and um and that's literally and we're still i mean I, i'm not I would feel like we're going to bury them a lot here, but I mean, we're honestly still in that like junior senior range of Barry Odom recruits. So that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. So take a deep breath. If, if, uh, if two years from now, these guys that we've been talking about aren't playing and we're still plugging holes with transfers, then something's wrong. Yeah. Let's panic. If, uh, two or three years from now we're, you know, still finishing around 500 year in year out then there's a problem we're gonna we'll have to revisit it yeah but um i i think it's too early yeah there's no reason to be too worked up right now and uh even you know big picture wise no reason and then even within just the context of the 2023 class there's still plenty of room to make this not a i don't think it'll be an outlier on the bad end Last year may have been an outlier on the good end. I think so. But, uh, and and maybe 23 will be. But I still think there's plenty of room for it to be kind of right there around the average of what we can can expect. Mm-hmm. If, if Coach Drinkwitz was the coach for the next 20 years, then uh, maybe the 2023 class would be one of the worst ones. But I have a feeling it would end up being pretty close to average. But we will see. I may be completely wrong. Maybe we will only sign 10 players and no more four stars. <laughs> I doubt it. And uh, we will see on player development and all of that kind of stuff as well. But uh, just because, you know, redshirt freshmen and true sophomores aren't uh, making a big impact yet, yeah. I don't, don't worry. I'd say just uh, sit back and enjoy the enjoy the process yeah might be a little nerve-wracking from time to time though. yeah but that's that's part of it yeah all right anything else this week i hope we didn't i hope we didn't come up too uh condescending there this is the, this is the stuff that i'm that we're telling each other and ourselves yeah, we're, we're having as a well. conversation <laughs> we're not like telling people what to think yeah we're sharing our perspective of the situation and trying to like just think let's just process this a little bit slower yeah. and, and think about where we are in the, in the process it's kind of stuff that helps us uh not freak out too much it's cathartic yeah <laughs> anything else this week that's it all right special thank you to our patreon supporters at the ten dollar level and above i, I <laughs> we just, just didn't we just didn't say anything. oh by the way producer camera's not here just go the whole episode. What are we gonna? I, I don't think we would have. We might not have even realized it until we got to his speaking part, and he no, and it just was silence. <laughs> oh my gosh! 
Uh, shout out to producer Cameron. He was a little under the weather. Didn't want to risk making us sick. We got appreciate the, him for that. Got the sniffles. Very thoughtful of him. Uh, special thank you to our Patreon supporters at the $10 level and above. Britt Treese, Brian Smith, Ryan Demore, Tristan, Ben Smith, Parker, Daddy JD, Louis Hernandez, Tim Keens, Tyler Harsel, Brandon Garofalo, and Brandon Hanks. Thank you. Thank you very much, gentlemen. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. We're on Twitter at Mizzou Sports Pod. And you can email us at MissouriSportsPod at gmail.com. You can find our t-shirts and stickers on our online shop, MissouriSportsPod.BigCartel.com. Nice. Uh, thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you next week.